What is that? Um, so his name is Ari, I forget the last name, but he posted this like whole status and he was like, I'm the Jewish nurse that cared for Robert. But he barely has I don't care about his name, but he was like, I'm the nurse who took care of the murderer. The so and so and like um, people ask people been asking me like how could you do this? How could you do this? And he was like, you know, when you start in the medical field, like you are taught empathy and compassion and like taught to treat people no matter what. And then like when he was treating this guy, he said like he told, told like the whole story. He was like, I didn't know who this guy was. Like obviously we saw it like on the news, like on the breaking news, but I had no idea that this guy was, was that guy. Right. Was the guy right. who just shot up the sh- like, shot up the shoal. So he was treating this guy, treating this guy, and the guy woke up because he had like a surgery because he had a wound. The they mm. treated him, and he was like, "Oh my god, thank you so much, thank you so much for saving me, like saying like saying all these things." And he was like, "I wonder what he would think if he knew that I was Jewish from like treating him and walking." He didn't, he didn't say I'm Jewish. No, no, he didn't. Because so he was like, <laughs> he was like, think, he was like, what I'm trying to like put out there now is love because that's what this guy is lacking like he's lacking sympathy and love and like respect for other people so he was like if I can be that person to give somebody love and care mm. and compassion mm. then like, powerful know, can you send it to me? me or yeah. tag me on it yeah thank you so much wow. I saw something else someone treated it was a girl who treated him did you text her family and you're like I hope you wore like your mag and oh, she's yeah. like I'm really wearing it like scary her. Yeah. So I guess like multiple people choosing. Sure. Yeah. That's crazy. So so for me, um, and I'm happy I would love to hear your, your own responses to it too. But um I think that what 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 was unbelievable to me and I had this aha moment on Shabbos when I was thinking about it, well because it was the whole campaign of show up for Shabbat, right? You saw that hashtag mm-hmm. show up for Shabbat? So and then CNN are promoting it, right? CNN are generally not so Jewish friendly. Right, they're just generally, I don't want to say anti-Semitic, but they're pretty, they're pretty non-supportive of Jewish causes. And here they were promoting, and made all major news channels, promoting hashtag Shop for Shabbat, this AJC initiative that happened, and that everyone, no matter what, was going to shul the next week. The very next week, because someone tried to kill lots of Jews in shul, quadruple the Jews are coming back to shul that next week. And I just was like so blown away by this dark, 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 darkness, evil, horrible person and situation, tragedy, that what could come out of that was enormous light and not just light, but like radiant and unity and love. And like this, like the nurse was saying, with love and, and you're, you're, we're not afraid and we're all going to go to shul and not just that, but then all the non-Jews started getting on the bandwagon. And all the non-Jews were going to shul to support Jews going to shul. And, and then Muslims raised $70,000 for the Jewish community. I was just like, and I was getting chills. And I was like, this is the shift in consciousness that it says in the Torah is going to start happening. This is the shift in consciousness. And even though it may not stay and it may fall and rise and, and go up and down, I've never seen this like this, where, where this level of reaction and response. Normally we complain that when a terrorist attack happens, the news ignores it. This wasn't such a big deal. Everything else was a big deal, right? That's the complaint of the Jews. So here, it was the opposite in America. I mean, it was for sure really, really focused on. And um, the fact that, I just thought it was funny that the fact that like major news channels are talking about Shabbat. I mean, millions of people don't have a clue what Shabbat is. Now they know what Shabbat is. 
Like even that is like unbelievable in a sense of consciousness. This is more than you heard the Shabbos project. You know what the Shabbos project is? This is more reach and more impact than the Shabbos project could ever dream of, right? Because it's on all the major channels. And so, and this guy, this murderer, who's sitting in hospital would be shriveling and horrified in disgust at the level of light and the level of unity and, and power and, and holiness that he's generating in the world through his evil, evil actions. And this, it just, it just all of a sudden I got this macro vision. I stepped back and I saw this macro glimmer into behind the, the scenes a little bit. Like it says in the Torah, how Hashem will use evil even for his purpose. Right. And I, okay. I always read this and heard this, but I didn't really get it. And I went, this is an example. He was, Hashem used evil to bring out the light. And then, I was, and then I realized, oh my gosh, this week is Rosh Chodesh Kislev, which is the month of Hanukkah, which is the month of bringing light out of the darkness. That is the whole spiritual potency and power of Hanukkah is literally this exact thing that just happened, where from the darkness, you can bring enormous light out. Like we like to say, oh, I don't want my life to be stressful, struggle, dark. I want it to be easy. I want it to be... And then we think of it as a dark, I have to fix it and get rid of it and then focus, right? And here it's showing how it's inter, inter, intertwined in such a way that, that it's because of the darkness that we bring out the light. It's through the darkness that the light comes out. This light would never have come out. God forbid I would never wish this on anyone and you would never want it. But this level of light would never have come into the world this week had it not been for this evil, horrible tragedy. Yeah, we, we can't be in a position where we ever would want it, ask for it, say it's okay. But you see that the way the world works and the, the power of suffering, the power of tragedy, the power of the darkness is that it can propel enormous light. So I thought this is so perfect timing now, tonight, to talk about Rosh Chodesh Kislev is actually this, I think it's Thursday, Friday of this week. So two day Rosh Chodesh, which is the beginning of the Jewish month into the Jewish months, which is Kislev, which is the month of Hanukkah. And Hanukkah's in, I think, a few weeks. Two weeks, three weeks. Do you know when it is? Anyone? December. First week of December. First week of December. Yeah. So December second is the first day. I what? Think. Yeah, December second. Yeah. December second is the first day. December second. And so soon. No. So we're really close to Hanukkah, and the, the closer you get to a, in any holiday, and even the closer you get to Shabbat, actually, the more you're able to tap into the energy, this, the power or the spiritual potential of that holiday starts coming into the world early. Like the closer you get to it. So same with Rosh Chodesh Kislev, like that energy of bringing darkness to light, is, it's, also, it's always there, right, just before, um, which is what we're sitting in now. So with that introduction, I felt like let's just dedicate any learning here that we do to the 11 that passed away and that they should elevate their souls. And, um, and those 11 also, you know, we know from the Torah perspective are, are what they call korbanas. Korbanas are like offerings that Hashem sometimes takes takes sometimes innocent, innocent people who are very righteous, holy, holy souls, and he'll take them as nearly like a sacrifice for the Jewish people. So it either helps the Jewish people enormously because maybe they had a pure, pure, pure intention themselves as people. And their death, by the way, when they die, when you die because you're a Jew, it's called dying Al-Kiddush Hashem. Have you heard of this? Al-Kiddush Hashem? Al-Kiddush Hashem means dying, sanctifying God's name. Meaning everyone knows you died because you're a Jew and because you're a Jew... You know, that's the reason you, you're sanctifying God's name and you go straight to the next world. Like you, you don't have any, you go to the highest, highest place in the next world. Any soldier who dies for the state of Israel as is a Jew, anyone who dies because they're a Jew, is it's considered really one of the most lofty, lofty, like you're giving your life for something higher, right? They, they gave their life because they were Jewish. That's really why they died, right? Even though they, we don't choose it and they didn't choose it. Um, so it's interesting because this is where you see the perversion of the suicide bombers. 
people, the, the suicide bombers, the terrorists who will give their life for a higher cause, it's coming from this idea, it's just so perverted and twisted that you think you can kill other people. Right? We're not allowed, it says, do not murder, hello. Right? So you're not allowed to cross another commandment in order to do something else holy. So, um, but that's where the idea comes from, that the, the most valuable thing I can sacrifice is my life, right, for anything I believe in. And we all know this, by the way, because when you see people, we watch, we watch um, action movies, right, you know, these action, Keeper Sutherland, 24, whatever you want to call it, right? And it's the same formula over and over and over again. Have you noticed this in the movies? The movies are exactly the same formula, whether it's a love story, whether it's an action movie, whatever it is, but let's just talk about action movies, the same exact formula, and yet billions of people buy it and watch it, pay for it over and over again, but we know exactly what's going to happen. There's a protagonist, they're a hero, there maybe is a love interest, maybe not, it doesn't really matter because it's action, right? And then they nearly die over and over again for their cause, for their mission, that they're believing in, whatever it is, name your whichever um, spy or police story or whatever it is, doesn't matter. I was addicted to 24 for a while. I don't know if you ever saw it. Did you ever see it? Don't, don't start. Do not start. It's like literally there's a precise science where they've got you hooked at the end, but you cannot continue. You can't not see the next one, right? It's, just, it's really bad. Anyway, and... It's really um, bad. It's really bad. And don't start. And same with Fowler. Did you hear of Fowler? Oh, yes. So, okay, I've got, a t- I've got a coping mechanism. If you watch into the next episode five minutes, you can then turn it off. It I don't have any problem turning it off. At the end of the episode? Anything. Okay, so you are, I'll, I'll get coaching from you later <laughs> because you are obviously righteous Sudeikis, right? Um, but five minutes into the next episode is like when you've seen what happens on the cliffhanger, then you can actually turn it off. So I was like, ha, 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 I got you Netflix. But like, you know, because it goes five, four, three, two, one, start. Right, so you, you blink. Is this just me? Okay, so everyone's looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, we don't watch Netflix. Um, okay, so, so why did I go off on that tangent? Oh, yeah, because we, we, we really, really look up to and um, resonate with this concept that I, I, I want to stand up for what I believe in and I, I'm willing to give my life for what I believe in. We're on the edge of our seat and we're like hoping the guy doesn't die and we're holding our breath and then he makes it through and he's like, comes out, oh, and we're like, oh, phew. And we feel this like enormous relief and integration inside of ourselves, right? This, this sense of like, it gives us such endorphins, such a rush, that we want to watch the same plot over and over again. Over and over again. The same exact plot. Why? This is my theory. This is not Torah. But because psychobabble-wise, subconsciously, we secretly want to be a hero in our own lives. We want, to have, we want to be a hero. We want to stand up for what we believe in. We want to be willing, be brave enough to be willing to give everything for something that we believe in. There's nothing greater. So I want to watch that over and over again. Right? And when you do do it, when you have stood up for something that you believe in, you do feel a million bucks. Right? You feel amazing. Amazing. Okay, um, I actually had this little mini experience of this. I posted on my Facebook wall, it was the most popular post I ever posted, like in the last six months or a year, and where I was in Jerusalem and it was Shabbos, and I was walking along, and there was a hundred shekel bill floating around on the floor, on the road. And you see this post? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it was just like, it was windy. So it was like bouncing around on the, on the road. And everyone there was Shomer Shabbos. So everyone's just watching this 100 shekel. And I was like, oh, like, oh, right. And then I was like, oh, wow. And everyone there was just watching this 100 shekel bounce around as they were standing for something higher, standing for something they believe in. 100 shekels is a lot of money in Israel. It's not nothing, right? You for sure would want to pick that up on a weekday. 
and everyone there was just watching and it was just such a beautiful beautiful moment amazing. isn't that an amazing so moment cool. and I was just like so proud to be Jewish so proud to be Shabbos and like standing for something bigger than just the money and the grabbing and the oh, I want to you know and just watching everyone then as a community and I was just looking around and like people were just not like watching it noticing it and then I looked away and then like they didn't even just focus I was focusing on the whole situation I couldn't believe the whole situation it was one of those macro zoom out things you know um yeah, it was really, it was really, really it's the beautiful. worst day someday. It really is. It's like, it's awful. you can just press the door, press the buzzer on that says door and just hold it down. Until, yeah. Um, so, okay. So, just hold it down. Sounds like a, a, a sad firecracker. Yeah. You know, one of those. So. Okay, so Kislev, I want to talk a little bit about Kislev because we know the power of the Jewish month. Like every beginning... <laughs> the beginning of each Jewish month, Rosh Chodesh, has a power to it. And it's a very, very powerful day, the Rosh Chodesh. And... Oh, hello. Hi. How are you? I got a photo about you. Photo of you. Who were you with? Oh, uh, Sage Freiberg. Rabbi Sage? Yeah. 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 Uh, welcome. Thank you. It's sushi if you want to settle in. Uh, we're talking about Kislev, the month of Kislev. Okay. Hanukkah coming up. Darkness from the light. And, um, oh, so every single month has a certain energy to it, a certain theme to it, a certain Hebrew letter to it star signs we know right and it has um, even the senses and it has like every month is a sign different things and if you know what they are then you can align yourself with that power that spiritual potential that spiritual power as you go into the month so I've always been tempted to have Rosh Chodesh groups where you have at the beginning of the month a Rosh Chodesh group and you do a, usually a set an intention for the month you have a you know meditation I used to do this in Australia this was the first ever Jewish thing I ever 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 did in that I ever learned about anything was in Sydney, Australia. I used to go to this Rosh Chodesh group. And it was great. And it was full of all different types of women, Jewish women, who were like from more observant to not observant at all. And it was really beautiful. We all brought wine and we brought all a dish to eat for dinner. And like it was like a potluck thing. It was really nice. Anyway, um, so I'm tempted now because we have this apartment. I think we should do it. Mm -hmm. My person. Really? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Would you, would, you be, would you come? Would you be interested? So like, it's a special thing. You're focusing on the month. Basically, what we're going to do tonight is like a Rosh Chodesh group. Um, but I was just so inspired by this whole Kislev, dark Hanukkah thing. I just thought, I want to, let's do that. I'm going to do a meditation on it. Um, because how does it apply to me? Like, how do I plug into the month? How do I plug into the energy of the month? How do I make the most of the month? How do I align myself so I have spiritual awareness during the month? Um, all of that. If you set, however you set your intention for the month often will affect your month. Just like we know in the morning when we get up, it affects your day. Same thing, right? There's extra spiritual power on Rosh Chodesh, and it's, it's a woman's, particularly woman's, uh, a woman's day. Okay, so Kislev is about, um, is the month of Hanukkah and the month of miracles. So it's interesting because Kislev comes from the word Kislu, which means to trust, to hope. Hence the Lean on Me song we were playing before. We are playing Lean on Me as a sign, as a little hint to the month. Right, that trust. Samech, Samech is the letter of the month. Samech is a round, like a S sound, right? And S is a circle as well. And Samech means to rely on, literally, to be Samech. Something is to rely on it, which is which you can only do if you trust, right? So this month is literally about relying on God and trusting God. 
right? And trusting, building trust in yourself in general. A lot of people might have shut down their heart because they were hurt and not trust people in general, whether it be friends. Any, it's a whole month about trust, which I just thought it's also beautiful to work on because trust ends up being is the, um, is the engine behind creating miracles, which I thought was fascinating, right? How? The miracle of Hanukkah was what? What was the miracle of Hanukkah? Remember? The oil. The oil? <laughs> Okay, wait, you to hold because she's, she's, she's good. Anyone else? Okay, that's the first hint. The war. The what? We won the, the war. The small army won the big army. Right, small army won the big army. Well, what about the oil? Last eight days. Last eight days. So, so that's very nice. Okay, oil, last eight days, we light a candle. So deeper, deeper commentaries come in and ask the question, why don't we celebrate any other miracle? Like the manna fell from heaven, Right, um, it says that the there, there were other there were other miracles that happened. Right, that we, we we don't particularly celebrate every single time, every single miracle. Miriam's well, the water rose. Like there was all sorts of other miracles that happened, but we don't sell it. We don't acknowledge them. We read them in the parsha and say wow, but like we don't acknowledge them, right? But this one we acknowledge and we do. We do it ourselves. So it's very interesting. The commentaries say because you only celebrate something that you can tap into in the present moment. So if it's relevant to us, it's not just a historical memory. So that's so cool. So what's the relevance to us? So it turns out that if we tap into these deeper ideas that we can end up building, unleashing a power for our own lives and really, really connecting to being able to generate miracles, being able to generate our own shift in our own life path, life course, whatever's going on, especially when it's connected to darkness in some way, which I thought was, was really powerful. Um, so it wasn't just the eight days of the lighting of the candles. The real miracle was they finished the war, the temple, the base of Mikdash, the temple was destroyed. There was, everything was ravaged and dead and killed and destroyed. We're at the end of a war. And they went to look for light, for oil. They went to look. So the celebration and the remembering of what happened in the miracle is really that they went to look for oil. They had trust. They, even though they had nothing, everything by any natural standard was finished. Right? Dead, done, destroyed, after war. The whole base of Mikdash, the temple was in ruins. They somewhere deep inside themselves had a potential little opening of hope and trust that maybe there's oil, even though. Even though maybe there's oil. Even though it seems like everything's finished and done and dark and black and that I, I, there's nothing more to do and I give up, that's why it would be a natural response. They didn't. They looked for oil. So the miracle the deeper commentaries talk about is the fact that they looked for oil and they had trust in that level of darkness. And that created the light of Hanukkah that we bring into the month this month, which is really cool. And that's why we can generate it ourselves because it comes down to trust. And you can't fake trust. You can't fake it. You can't fake that you trust. Deep down, you either trust or you don't trust. Right? I mean, there's levels of working on trust, but you, you can't fake that I'm here and I'm not there. You, you just can't. Right? You're, you're just where you are with your trust levels. But you can work on your trust, right? You can work on your trust. You can build your trust. You can focus on it. You can reflect on it, especially with God, because God has should, really should have our full trust, right? But it's hard. We have we have blocks in the way. We have struggles with that. We have our own issues. Why? How could God do this to me? If He loved me, why would He? So I just want to shut it down. And I don't want to know about it, right? It's much easier to be distracted with everything else in my life. Don't have to really focus on it. But this is the month. This is the month to redress it. This is the month to look at it. This is month to, month to think about it. 
and this was the month that generated the miracle. It was that trust that drew down the light. That's the key. That's the key spiritual mechanism here that relates to us right now today as if it was Hanukkah, right? As if it was that miracle. We, if we put our trust in God in a real way in your heart, it doesn't even have to be a big show. It's not a big thing on song and dance. You know, talk, don't have to tell people. But if you truly trust God, he kind of wants to come through for you. You know, if someone relies on you or trusts you, you don't want to let them down, right? If you think about it the other way, you, want, you don't want to let them down. If someone really, really trusts you and you know that, you want to come through for them. Do they deserve it? Do you, whatever, it doesn't really matter. You just don't want to let them down if you care about them, right? So we know that God loves us. And that even the, the Chazanish and other people say that trust even can trump whether you merit something. So even if you don't merit it, whatever it is that you're trying to bring into your life, if you really, truly trust God, he'll come through for you. As long as it's not bad for you, or right? Because God does want to give us what we want. So trust also creates a vessel, an opening. Right? If you don't trust, there's no opening to receive anything. So trust also creates an opening. Sometimes God wants to give us things, but we, are, we block it off. Because we're not, we're, not we're not really open to it, even though we ask for it. Right? We, we don't think we deserve it. We don't think it's there. We don't trust it's there. It's, we, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons why people block. I'm scared I'm going to get hurt. I'm scared I'm going to get rejected. I'm scared it's not going to be successful. I'm scared I'm, I'm going to fail. And there's many reasons why we block trust. And those have to be acknowledged, worked through, accepted. But if, we don't go, if we're not unaware, we can't work on it. So, um, is this making sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so one other really beautiful point is this month astrologically is the Sagittarius, right? Anyone a Sag? Uh, they're curious, energetic, playful. Is that you? Pretty yeah, much. pretty much. Um, and um, it's very interesting because a Sag, it's the, it's it's the, also the same as a the the symbol is a, is a rainbow. A Keshet, a, bo, a, a bow. Keshet is a rainbow, but it also is a what's it called? Bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. arrow. Right. Uh, archer. That's the symbol, right? Yeah. So there's a beautiful idea again, also connecting into Kislev with Keshet which is, um, if you look at a bow and arrow, it's a, there's the arc, and then you pull back. So the, 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 the archer has trust that the further I pull back, the more further my arrow is going to fly. And if you look at it, as we pull back the tension, we pull deeper into ourselves, towards ourselves with the, with the bow, the more it will shoot up towards God. So the deeper I go into myself, creates the stronger connection up above with myself and God. So the deeper I can look into myself and not be scared, which is what meditation is all about, right? that is the point of meditation, is that muscle, then the, the more I will be able to develop and strengthen and solidify my relationship with God. Feel a connection. And that also goes for uh, prayer. Any kind of feeling. The more I can dig deep inside myself, the more my prayers reach higher, further, faster, stronger. Right, rather than just like just shoot it off at face value, you know, and just not really connect. The more you really can connect, you can't. Again, you can't fake it. It's just real. Whatever, wherever you're really at. Um, so I thought that was beautiful. That idea of um, further I pull into myself, the farther I will actually propel myself and connect to God. Um, okay. Let me just check. I am not missing anything. Any questions, comments, protests?
All right, Sagittarius. Oh, scent, the sense of the month. The sense of the month is you're going to love this, sleep. I don't know why it's called the sense, but sleep is the sense of this month, which is really interesting. But then when you think about it more deeply, because I'm like, yeah, sleep, sloth, chill, right? But if you think about it more deeply, it's really, really interesting that you can only descend into a sense of unconsciousness or you know, falling asleep if you trust, if you feel safe. If you feel too vulnerable, it's vulnerable falling asleep. That's why I can never sleep in a plane. On the airplanes, I can never sleep because I can't let go enough to feel safe and open and vulnerable. Because I'm around, firstly, some weird guy next to me who's like shoving, whatever, right? I'm just saying that's often my life. But um, I, it's not, it doesn't feel safe on a plane. I just know it's vulnerable to falling asleep. But when you feel safe and you're in a safe environment, and you curl up and you like, feel cozy and safe, you, boom, you fall asleep because there's a, there's a vulnerability in sleeping, falling asleep, descending into that level of vulnerability. So, um, so I just think it's beautiful that it's really aligned. And when we lack trust, our minds are filled with self-centered worries, doubts, and the unfinished medicines of the day. If you're not trusting, it keeps you awake, right? If you're worrying and keeping up at night and got this to do and I didn't finish that and anxious and it all goes together. The sleep is affected. Sleep is the indicator of your level of trust, right? Your level of feeling of safety, your level of calm, level of peace. Um, okay. I never sleep before a flight as well. If I know I'm flying in the next morning, forget it. I'm up every two hours looking at the clock. I don't know about you. Um, okay. So trust is the vessel. Uh, right. If we have trust in life and look for light, the entire consciousness of Kislev is that there is trust even in situations that seem bleak. To still search for that jug of oil to create something new. The vessel to create something new is trust and then we can create miracles in our own lives. All right. So let's do... Um, so I guess... I guess the question is, how do I relate this to myself and, and connect into this month? So I'm just trying to think if I should talk about it or just go into meditation. I think it's important to note that trusting in God involves... Um, being aware of him, bringing him into your life, um, and noticing the good. I think without those three things, you can't even work on trust. Being aware of him, bringing him into your life consciously uh, when you can, and then noticing the good he does for you. Because I think what happens is we get caught up on the pain, and when there's something negative that happens in our life, then we turn to God and go, well, why'd you do that, right? But, but if we focus on the scheme of the good and how much good is being done for us all day, every day, then when those fewer bad things happen, it's easier to see it in perspective that there must be a reason for those negative things or seemingly negative things that seem negative in the moment, but sometimes you find out later it was actually for the good, right? But, um, but in the moment, to be able to then rely on that trust that it really is for my good, which is what trusting in God's really about, Believing that in the moment when it doesn't feel good for me, on some level it is good for me. That's really what trust is. I trust that God really has good, well, good intention for me. That the, everything that's happening in my life is for my benefit. 
that's the trust. That's what trust looks like. The trust is in the moment where something doesn't go my way. When something doesn't go my way with the limited amount I know about life and what's going on in that moment in the world, in my world, right? And I have a will and I want to go from A to B and I didn't get to B, instead C happened, whatever C was. And now I'm upset because I want to get, I want a B to happen and C happen. Whatever it is, that's where, you, that's where the trust happens. You don't really know if you trust until things go wrong, wrong, right? Until things don't happen your way, you don't really know where you're holding. It's very easy to feel like I'm trusting when everything's revealed and everything's aligned and you feel like, wow, me and God are like this and like everything's going exactly as I need and like I'm in sync with the universe and God and right. It's very easy to feel trusting in that moment. It's when that's taken away and you're in the darkness. That's the test of the trust. I just read the most phenomenal book called The Choice, Embrace the Possible, Dr. Eva Eger, Eger. Eva Eger, and she's basically a female Viktor Frankl, and she's alive, living in San Diego, a Holocaust survivor, the most unbelievable book. You have to read it. It's not religious at all, but it's, it's so powerful and deep and, and real, and she, um, she just talks about how do you build, rebuild, how she rebuilt, and, her cho- and at any moment you have a choice no matter where you're at. But she can say anything she says. I'm like, yes, okay, whatever. All right, she, she's the one that knows. I mean, she can talk. I always want to meet people like this because whatever negative thing I think I'm going through in my life, it is nothing compared to what they went through. Nothing. Even my father also. Right? My father's not alive anymore. He was a baby, so it's not the same thing. He doesn't have the same words for it. She was a, a teenager into her 20s, and she's 94. She should live and be well. She still practices psychology in San Diego. It's wild. Anyway... You've got to get that book if you're, if you're interested in those kind of books. It's an amazing book. Um, awareness of God, bring him consciously into your life. Notice the good. And those things allow padding and like a, a, an internal infrastructure of how to address the, the pain and the dark when it comes into your life. Um, t- typically, we like to zone in on the pain and the dark because it's, um, it's more visceral. So we will, we will respond to it more, more um, reactively. And everything good that happens, we're like, great, great, great. Okay, good. Like we just kind of think our day should be like that. Everything should be coming to us. A sense of entitlement. We don't really feel the gratitude. So practicing sense of gratitude, noticing the good, and that you don't really, you're not really owed those things um, is really important. It creates a setting for being able to trust when things are not going well. And by, and by the way, every single person in this room, every single person will be tested. Every single person, things will go well. And the job when it's going well is to, is to gather up the feeling of like what it feels like when it's revealed, revealed light. And then the test is that God will hide the light and then says, okay, now do you really trust me? That's the test. Right? That's the test. Do you trust me now? Or only when I show you and you're, it's revealed. Or like a, it's like saying I trust you when you're in front of me, but when you're not in front of me, I don't trust you. It's not really a relationship. So God wants a real relationship. What's a real relationship? A real relationship is when I trust you. Without that, there's nothing. Trust is the foundation of relationship. By the way, it's interesting that we get to, play, we get to practice this in all of our other relationships also, right? Meaning it's all practice also for God, right? It's, it comes down always. Um, okay, so... Okay, so I think we should do a meditation. That's my sense, yeah? Does anyone have any thoughts, comments, questions? No? Is this intense? Yeah. Can you see the sensation of whatever is sleep? Like, 
What was just that information? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> just be, I mean, again, I would just bring consciousness into, um, it's the theme of the month. The theme of the month is trust, right? So sleep, noticing what are your sleep patterns like? Does that resonate with you that maybe you, maybe you have a hard time sleeping and you've gone to doctors and they say, oh, stop drinking caffeine before bed and stop and all the practical other solutions which are, which are good, but maybe there's a deeper thing going on. Maybe it's deeper about trust and about feeling safe in yourself and connected to God. Cool. That's how I would approach it if it was me. Like okay. I, I just look at it. I don't personally think God have a problem sleeping most of the time, um, except what I'm worried. If I'm worried, but I notice that, so that's in sync, you know, that... Um, so maybe now what would I do if I was worried and wasn't able to sleep and I was anxious? I would then focus on God loves me. He's taking care of everything. It says we say before we go to sleep, God never slumbers or sleeps. It's one of the verses in, in the Shema, right? So God's not sleeping. So I can go to sleep because God's got my back, right? There's a feeling of like, ah, when you say that. Feeling that's trust. Right? I, can, I can let go because God's watching over me, so to speak, right? He doesn't, and there's a relationship and he loves me and I believe that. That's building trust, reminding yourself of that, working with that concept. I'm not alone. Um, a lot of anxiety comes from aloneness, disconnection. Right? We talked about this in the other classes. I've taught World of Connection, Disconnection. Dr. Rosmarin from the Manhattan Anxiety Center did his PhD on, on studying anxiety disorders with trust in God. I found statistically significant results of two control groups, one with who did not work on their trust in God and one that did. And they both took the same medications and everything. So um, they found statistically it makes sense because anxiety is a product of what happens when you disconnect. Um, and it can be pathological and everything. It doesn't, doesn't discount that, but you can work on it with your emotions and spirituality to, um, to strengthen it. Okay. So any other questions? That was a good question. I'm glad you were brave to ask that. Meditate? Should we meditate? Do you want to, is that light too bright? Should we turn that off? Do you want to just press that on there? I'm just going to stop this and do another...